I loved building stuff as a kid. I grew up largely on a farm, so we had lots of stuff in nature we could use for such building campaigns that I would do. Whether it be a creek that I like to grab some logs and make a little dam. Anybody ever did that? Kind of weird, but did that. Uh, mud pies, you got to do the mud pies. Sand castles, loved sand castles, that was fun. Early on, you learn the, uh, the beauty and tragedy of making sandcastles, that you work really hard, and then you're in tears as you watch the waves take away your, your hard-fought castle that you, you created. Turns out some people do that for a living, like it's professional. You know that? There's professional sand. Anyway, I digress. But I love to build stuff, and certainly I can't talk about building stuff without at least mentioning those wonderful little plastic blocks we call Legos. Now, my brothers and I, we were, we were legit on the, the Legos thing. We had thousands of these things. And when we were kids, we would you know, make all kinds of stuff, ships and you know, castles and buildings, things like this. And uh, yeah, it, it, inevitably, one of us three brothers would make something. And it was wonderful and, and mighty, and we wanted to leave that for posterity for all time. But it turns out the next day, that wonderful said building would be demolished because one of my brothers needed those parts to make their masterpiece. So annoying that they would take my masterpiece and demolish it. And maybe you have experience with building stuff. Maybe it wasn't Legos for you or sand. Maybe it was Tinker Toys. You remember, remember those things? How about Lincoln Logs? Who's a Lincoln Log fan out here? Okay, some of us? Okay. It's weird how these toys have... A second life. We, we loved them as kids, and then now you can buy them again, all these games and toys. But uh, yeah, we like to build stuff, even an Etch-a-Sketch. Who had an Etch-a-Sketch? It's kind of nice you build something, and then, you know, one of your siblings would bump it, and half the thing would be gone, and you're like, what? What you built is demolished. But there's sometimes there's things that need to be demolished, if you think about it. Like, you know, condemned buildings, they, they should probably be taken down. You may have seen some videos of that, buildings you know, coming down like that. Uh, other stuff that need to be demolished that we've seen. Maybe, maybe you've ever, uh, some of you have done some home remodeling. And sometimes you have to demolish something or, or take it down. Have you ever watched those HGTV shows or some of those where they have like demo day? You've seen that where they're like ripping stuff down? That's like the funnest day ever. Sometimes things have to be demolished. We realize that to build something new. Well, that brings us to what we're talking about in this series that we're calling Breakthroughs. Because there are some things in your life and in my life that probably we've been holding on to for too long. Strongholds that are holding us back, actually, from what God wants for us. And so there may be things in our life, as we go through this series, even as we talk today, that God may reveal some things in your life, some strongholds that need to be taken down. Strongholds could be all kinds of things. It could be weaknesses. It could be struggles. It could be sin patterns, you know, habits, some attitudes that you might have, or even some immaturity or even addictions. Things in your life, things in my life, that I believe God wants to speak to, and He wants to demolish those so that we can enjoy the best life that He has built for us, that he wants for each of us. And, and, you know, these would be things like, if I were talking to you one-on-one, -on -one, you'd say, you know, Ben, my life would be so much better if I could get rid of this. 
You know, fill in the blank. I don't know what that is for you. And again, it could be a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, an addiction, some things like that. You say, Ben, my life would be so much better if I could just get rid of this in my life. That's what we're going to be talking about in this series. And I believe God's going to bring us through to some breakthroughs on some of these. That, that God actually wants to break those down, demolish those, so that we can have, by God's power, victory and the kind of life that, that God wants for us. So my hope is in this series that you and I would let God bring me and you through to the breakthrough. I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're with us in person and even online. We see you there. We get to gather like this every Sunday, the first day of the week, to remember Jesus and lift him up. So what I want to do real quick, just take a, a deep breath on the count of three. One, two, three. Deep breath. All right, and we're going to let it out. All right. Science says that does something for us, that resets us in some way. But we get to reset every first day of the week as we remember Jesus, but also today specifically that we come together and I believe God wants to do something powerful in our church family this year in your heart and my heart that he wants to demolish strongholds that have been holding us back. And I believe he has the power to break those and bring us through. So let's, let's pause for a word of prayer and ask God to move today. Father, we come before you. We thank you for your love and faithfulness, your mercies that are new every morning. This first day of the week, Father, we lean in close to you, that you'd speak by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you'd touch each of our hearts, that we'd be challenged. And that, Father, you would begin to reveal areas in our life that need to be broken down, areas of our life that are strongholds that are holding us back from everything you've, you, you want for us. So, Father, we're praying for the boldness to identify those and let you do your work in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the concept of strongholds might be a new one for us. Uh, the strongholds have a number of different meanings in Scripture, really two specifically. Strongholds, the, the words there, uh, can, can denote, on, on, on in one sense, sort of a military presence. Uh, that in the, the Old Testament especially, the, the, the talks about the idea of strongholds being like these fortresses, uh, sort of in a military sort of uh, space. That there would be these, these, these other castles, or they could be, uh, you know, fortitudes, they could be uh, like walls that, that represent uh, sort of this, this stronghold of human power military power. So in one sense, you see that in Scripture, where strongholds are this, this sort of military, sort of physical presence. And certainly, those things could offer protection, uh, say, for a, a group of people, that they would hide behind these walls and these fortresses and hide behind the army. So in one sense, it's, it's, it's an, a sort of human protection, right? But as we saw in the Old Testament with the people of Israel, if you remember some of that, if you're new to it, that's okay. But in the Old Testament, we see sometimes that God's people needed protection from the enemies. But sometimes God's people needed to take down those enemies. And so those strongholds become an issue. So there's one side of the strongholds idea, which is this idea of military power and presence. But also, in another sense, the scriptures talk about actually... God can be a refuge, a strong tower, and a refuge for his people, a stronghold for his people. So in a small sense, you've got the military idea of, of human power and the best that we can offer militarily. But then we have actually greater than all of that, God is like the perfect strong tower that, that his people can run to for safety and protection. In Nahum chapter 1, verse 7, 
It says it like this. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. My God is, is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior. That's 2 Samuel chapter 2. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And in Psalm 144 verse 2 it says this, He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge. So God is sort of this metaphor of the stronghold that's the perfect stronghold that will never be decimated by any human army, that God's way bigger than all that. And yet in Scripture, we also see God taking down strongholds that are standing in the way of all that He wants for His children. And there's a couple passages I wanted to read. One from Ezekiel chapter 19, verse 7. God broke down their strongholds and devastated their towns as they stood up to try to defeat God's people. God took those strongholds down. And in Jeremiah 51, 53, even if Babylon... There's a lot of richness to the, the idea of Babylon in the scriptures. But even if Babylon ascends to the heavens and fortifies her, her lofty strongholds, I, says the Lord, will send destroyers against her. There's a sense that God wants to tear down any kind of human stronghold that's going to get in the way of what he wants for his children. So there's a number of ways that the idea of stronghold shows up in scripture. My favorite one, though, shows up in the early pages of Joshua. If you're familiar, familiar with the Old Testament scriptures, Joshua is the, finally the moment where God's people, the ancient nation of Israel, finally gets to go into the promised land that they've been waiting for. And Moses is, is now gone, and his protege, Joshua, gets to march the people into the promised land. They cross the Jordan River, and they start taking down some of the military strongholds that were in the promised land in ancient Cana. One of the first ones they come to is a town called Jericho. And you may be familiar with that story. It's one of the oddest stories, I think, of like military victory in Scripture. Because if you're familiar with the story, you know, here's the, the, the nation of Israel, and they have an army, they have weapons, uh, but that's not how God decides to take down the strongholds of Jericho. In fact, God says, here's what I want you to do. Uh, you know, you can imagine all the military sitting down and and God said, okay, here's my plan. What I want you to do is I want you to put down your weapons and march around the city. And some of the military leaders, I'm sure, are like, all right, so when you're saying this, what you mean is you want us to kind of hold the weapon back here. And then, wait, no, no, I don't want you to have a weapon. In fact, the only thing I want you to carry, the musicians can carry some, some instruments. So if you know the story, I'm paraphrasing it, but basically, march around the city, and uh, then at some point, instead of dynamite and catapults and everything, we're going to take those things down by, I just want you to, to make some music. Blow the trumpets, and the walls come down. That story is an interesting one for me, because there's all kinds of layers, right? Trusting in God, that God's power is enough to defeat strongholds, and even, even kind of flying in the face of logic, that God's going to take some stuff down. But there's a great metaphor for God doing something in a spiritual and a physical reality. There's a sense of, of, of heaven and earth meeting in that moment and God doing a mighty thing to take down strongholds that were in God's people's way for what th that he wanted for them. So kind of keep that in the back of your mind as a metaphor because as we get into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who we're very familiar with, if you're 
familiar with Scripture at all. The Apostle Paul was an early follower of Jesus. He was a leader. He was a church planter. In fact, much of the New Testament comes from the letters of Paul as he's writing to all those early first century churches, helping them understand the way of Jesus in culture. And, and he wrote, wrote a lot of letters. And in a couple of the letters that he wrote to some friends of his in the church in Corinth, ancient Corinth, he wrote these words. In fact, Paul uses a word that is never used anywhere else in the New Testament with regard to stronghold. So get ready for that nerd moment. It's coming your way. But if you have a Bible or a device, find 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And again, if you're, if you're online with us, hey, You've got a Bible on your shelf, pull that thing off, dust it off. If you've got a device, find 2 Corinthians 10. I know it'll be up here, but man, it's good to have it there on your personal copy of the Scriptures. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. There's your word. That's your $10 word today. Strongholds. What is that word? In the Greek, it's only used once in the New Testament. The word is, are you ready for this? Akuroma. Let me hear it. Come on. Akuroma. Come on, you can do better than that. Akuroma. You're welcome. Now you have this great nerd word that you can share with your family and friends and wow them with your Greek power. That word means a castle, a stronghold, a fortress, or anything that one relies on. Hang on to that. Anything that you rely on. We're going to see there's only one that we ought to rely on. But these strongholds tend to try to fool us thinking that we can rely on the strongholds. So hang on to that. So what do we get here? We get this idea that, that in Christ, we, we have these weapons that aren't of the flesh, not conventional weapons, but weapons that actually can have the power, the divine power, to destroy strongholds. And Paul is saying something that we might have missed. If he were here today, he might say, hey people, we are at war. We are in a war right now. And we have an enemy. We have an enemy. The powers of evil that lurk in the spiritual realm. Satan, the deceiver, Scripture calls Satan a number of different things. There's enough, a bunch of nuances with what we call Satan, the deceiver. But he is our enemy, and he has a bunch of minions wanting to do whatever it takes to get in the way of you and God. Whatever it takes wants to get in your way so that you can be prevented from all that God wants for you. These, this enemy is smart. And I think this whole spiritual realm where Satan lurks and wants to deceive us, that's the real dark web. That's the web we don't want to be part of. And Paul even goes further and describes this reality in Ephesians chapter 6. So Ephesians is another letter, as we'd expect from Paul, in the New Testament, written to the first century church in Ephesus. And the, the church in Ephesus would have been very familiar with not only the weapons of war, but what warriors wear, what soldiers wear. This is the first century. Who was in occupation of all these places? 
Rome. The peace of Rome didn't come cheap. And there were soldiers in all these places. And they would have been very familiar with this language we're about to read. In Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord. That's a, that's a gun show. Be strong in the Lord in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. That is military language. Put on the whole armor of God that you may, able, may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We get this wrong. Sometimes in our world we think we've got to fight our neighbor. We've got to fight this person over here. We've got to fight that person on social media. Our battle isn't flesh and blood. We have to understand that. There's another spiritual reality going on that's dark. And Satan would love nothing other than to get in your way for all that God wants for your life. We have to understand that. It may be mysterious, but hang on. So, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. We're talking armor here, body armor, that you may able to be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. This is warfare language. This is going to battle. This is going to the front where there is danger. And we're called to understand this reality and live this reality and trust the weapons of warfare that God has given to us. We're not fighting a flesh battle here. We're fighting a spiritual one. Our weapons aren't the conventional weapons. As we see in Scripture, some of the weapons that we've actually started to cover, we we had a whole rhythm series last year where we covered some of these, but the spiritual weapons of warfare are not the conventional weapons. They're weapons like sincere love, prayer, the Word of God, faith, the Holy Spirit, truth, righteousness, good news of peace, even, as Paul wrote in Romans 12, a transformed mind. You know that most of the battles that we struggle with, with sin and bad habits and all of that, they all start here. A transformed mind. These are the weapons that we fight with by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says, by using these weapons, we demolish the strongholds of even wrong thinking, false arguments, and destructive behavior that we see displayed everywhere around us. These are the weapons that we're talking about. We need to be clued in that we are in a war and we have an enemy. We have an enemy. So my question for you is this. Maybe you saw this coming. What are the strongholds in your life right now? What is the Jericho in your life right now? What represents Jericho in your life that you've maybe not addressed for a while? What are some of these baggages that you're carrying along with you that are weighing you down from everything God wants for you. What are your strongholds? What is your Jericho? Max Lucado, he's a preacher, I think out of Texas or Oklahoma or something, but he's written a lot of books. One of the very talented writers. Some of the earliest books I ever read when I became a Christian had, came from Max Lucado. He wrote some incredible books, No Wonder They Call Him the Savior, some great books like that. But he wrote an article a few years ago that I found really powerful. Max is, is someone who has not been afraid to share his struggles. And he's had a lot of different struggles. He shared those publicly. But I love what he said in this article. And I just want to read some of it with you. Because this may help us understand how heavy this is. How important what we're talking about is. 
Max wrote this. What is one weakness, bad habit, rotten attitude, where the devil has a stronghold on you? You see, it's as if the devil has fenced in one negative attribute, one bad habit, one weakness, and he's constructed military guard around it. He's put ramparts around it. And it's as if he says to you, and he says to God, he defies God and says, you you cannot touch this flaw. This is mine. And Satan defies heaven. And he puts himself between you and the saving help of God with this stronghold. And that could be explosive temper. That stronghold could be fragile self-image, a voracious appetite, or even a distrust of authority. Whatever that stronghold might be. And, and Max writes, seasons come and go, and this Loch Ness monster still lurks in the watery lake bottom of your soul. And he won't go away. He is strong enough to grip like a vice and stubborn enough to hold on. He clings like a, like a bear trap. And the harder you shake, the more it hurts. Lord, have mercy. I don't know what it is for you, what that stronghold is in your life. And maybe, and I've never been in a bear trap. I've seen one. I never want to be in one. But that looks pretty nasty to me. It looks like there's a bunch of teeth and metal. And you hear, hear what, what, what Max Lucado was saying. It's, it's like sometimes we get into these strongholds, and, and it's like we try to get out on our own effort, and it hurts us because we keep bumping into those teeth, and it, it hurts us. What is that stronghold in your life? What is your Jericho? What is that? Because I believe that God right now, for us, wants to demolish those evil strongholds in our lives. And and He wants to be our only refuge. He wants to be our true stronghold, our our strong tower. Not these other things that the deceiver is trying to do in our lives to prevent us from all God wants. He wants to be that solid rock we run to. The question is, what are you and I running to over and over again that is not God? What is your Jericho? What are your strongholds? Destructive strongholds are what we run to sometimes for security, for comfort. But if God isn't your stronghold, if He's not my stronghold, we will run to things that will hurt us every time. They may seem okay on the surface. They may seem okay for a while. But they turn destructive and hurt us like a bear trap that we're trying to get out of. What do you run to? In, in, in addiction training, they talk about the things that we run to when, when we're in four situations. When we're hungry. When we're angry. When we're lonely. And when we're tired. Think about those things that you run to when you're in any of those four situations. When you're hungry. When you're angry. When you're lonely. And when you're tired. These might be the clues to some of the strongholds that are in your life. And whether you've allowed in or Satan has put in your life, but these are strongholds that maybe are in your life. When you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. 
You see, this is where Satan loves to work. And he's subtle about it. He'll let's add one little bit thing here. He'll add a little bit here. Oh, it's not so bad. Oh, you click on that. It's not so bad. Oh, you know, have another drink. It's not. He will continue to do this because he knows he's getting in the way of everything that God wants for your life. And he will do everything in his power. What are those strongholds? What is your Jericho? When you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And I want God to demolish whatever that is in your life. Whatever that is in my life. Now, I'll pause for a second because I realize some people are saying, maybe you're thinking about this right now. You're thinking, you know, Ben, I appreciate what you're saying, and that's probably what somebody else around me is dealing with, but Ben, I don't really have any strongholds. Maybe, maybe you're saying that to yourself right now. I don't really have anything. I'm not an alcoholic, okay? You know, I'm not a porn addict. I've never, you know, I've never killed anybody. You might be doing this in your mind right now. That Ben, I don't really have anything that, that I'm really struggling with. I am begging you not to lie to yourself. What do we call Satan, the deceiver? Don't do that to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. You may be thinking maybe you're not dealing with any of these things, but I'm telling you, there are some things in your life that God wants to demolish. And and maybe this could be the year you actually allow him to do it. Now you may be thinking, I don't know, Ben, I don't have these strongholds. Well, let me add a few that you may not have thought about. Maybe you've never, you've never considered these strongholds. But what about this one? What about self-absorption? How many selfies can we get? I'm an Instagram influencer. Maybe it's self-absorption. Maybe it's gluttony. I have the money. I can buy whatever I want. I can just keep consuming. I'll hit the gym later. Gluttony. Greed. Again, I got the money. God has blessed me. He wants me to be happy, doesn't he? Greed. How about consumerism? You just keep consuming. Keep consuming. How about self-medication? How many times do we self-medicate? I'm not just talking about with the drug. There are all kinds of things we self-medicate with. Shopping. I don't know what it is. What is your stronghold? What is your Jericho? I want you to think about that. And you might, you might still be thinking, oh, man, I'm not really struggling with any of those things. I'm still, I don't have any strongholds. Okay, okay, I don't believe you. I think you're lying. But hold on. Let's keep going. What about this? What about apathy? You know, I just don't care anymore. I'm just going to check out. I don't care. You know, we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if you've decided you're checking out, you're done, that might be a stronghold in your life. What about mediocrity? That's good enough. I don't want to push. I don't want to get too excellent. I don't want to really give God my best. Totally ignoring the scripture that says, when you do your work, do it heartily as to the Lord. They wouldn't even let artists work on the temple and the tabernacle unless they were top of their game. They gave God excellence. Maybe your, maybe your stronghold is mediocrity. Good enough. How about this? Overambition. Some of you are never satisfied. Never satisfied. You've got to get that next promotion. got to get the next thing. Then we'll be happy. I'll get there. I'll be happy. I'll get that next thing. We're never satisfied. Maybe that is starting to become a stronghold for you. Maybe perfectionism is a problem for you. Now, I realize, I don't want to be insensitive. I know that there is a condition called obsessive-compulsive behavior. We call it OCD. I know that's a real thing, and there's treatments for that. 
And you may not be that far, maybe, but you're on that line. I, I struggle with this. Perfectionism. If it's not quite right, I'm not happy. It bothers me. If it's not in the right order, if it's not, it bothers me. That may become a stronghold for you. So I've picked on a lot of strongholds here. And you might still be saying, I still, Ben, don't struggle with any of those things. Okay, fine. I think you're lying. But maybe you're just that golden child. Well, how about this? Where are some areas in your life that you're not making any progress? You keep bumping into a wall. There may be a stronghold there. And even if you're not struggling, say, with any of these strongholds I've, I've listed, and there are more, I didn't cover all of them, but maybe, maybe God might be telling you, you're in a healthy place to help somebody else. Maybe you're in a healthy place to help someone overcome a stronghold. Maybe God has blessed you with, a, whether it be, a, you've gone through some strongholds, you've broken down some of those things, you've allowed God to do some mighty work in your life, and you're now at the stage where you're actually healthy enough to help somebody else. Do you know that there's some people struggling with strongholds in your life? They're in your sphere of influence. They're your coworkers. they're your neighbors, and they just, they don't see any hope. Maybe you could provide hope for them, that there is a way out. There is treatment. There is help. Maybe you could be that person. And maybe your prayer needs to be, oh, you who have no strongholds out there. Maybe your prayer needs to be, Lord, would you awaken me to those who need my help in my world? We're called to love and put other needs above ourselves. Maybe God's calling you for that. But here's my only point today. Name your strongholds. Name them. Don't make an excuse. You know there's stuff in your life that you just keep bumping into. And you're like, you know, my life would be, Lord, it would be so much better. You and I would be so much better if I could get this taken care of. Name your strongholds. Because if we don't name them, we're not going to deal with them. Name them. What are they? What are those things in your life you keep bumping into that God wants to demolish so that he, you can enjoy the abundant life that Jesus talked about in John 10.10? 10. He came to bring us life and life abundant. But these strongholds tend to steal our joy and take us off track and prevent. They're a barrier between us and God. What are those strongholds in your life? I know many people in this room that have overcome amazing strongholds. It's not been easy for them, and it's not like they're never going to struggle. But I've seen God do powerful things in my life and your life where he can take these strongholds and demolish them. But you've got to name them. Name your strongholds. And when we name them, we can begin to deal with them. We can get the help we need. And yes, we, we, we know this to be true. As Christ followers, we already know some of the weapons that God has given us to defeat strongholds. And those, in, those include things like we covered in our rhythm series. We talked about prayer, scripture, Christian community, accountability with each other, praying for each other, rest. We talked about this, right? Someone has said once that 70% of discipleship is a good night's rest. Think of all the dumb decisions we've made when we've been tired. That is, a, that is a, a superpower for Christ follower. Get sleep. We make better decisions. So name your strongholds and begin to embrace those rhythms that God has already gifted us to help do that. But we may need more than those. We may need more than those, those, those rhythms of prayer and scripture and community. Those are all important. We can't, those are a given. But maybe you're at a point where you need to ask for help. 
You need to bring someone into your life that knows about your struggle. Whether that be a counselor, a trusted friend, someone who loves you enough to help you move forward. This is not about, this is not accountability about guilt or shame. It's about growth. So that you can, you can, you can, by God's power, destroy that stronghold and you can have the abundant life that God's called. So you may need to ask for help. You may need to bring someone in. Maybe you talk to a counselor. I talked to a counselor. It was great. Highly recommend it. Maybe you do need some, it could be medication, it could be some help with Celebrate Recovery or, or, or AA or some of those treatments where you can talk with other people that have the same struggle. Get help. Here's the second thing. Some of you may need to actually get drastic. Get drastic. That means it might even be an end of a relationship. It might be confronting something. It might be actually unplugging, unsubscribing, or running. The scriptures are very clear. There are some times when we got, we can't just sit there and have a, a debate with Satan. Now let's have a little talk about this. No. Sometimes we're told to actually run, leave the room, shut it off, unplug. Some of us need to get drastic with some of our strongholds. And some of, this, some of us in this room have done that. So ask for help. Get drastic. Number three, you might need a new perspective on this. We are in a culture that likes to rename everything. It's not, a, it's not an uh, adultery, uh, not breaking the marriage, it's an affair. That sounds fun. No, it's not. It's destroying people. I, I grew up with that in my life. It's destroying. We need to quit renaming things and call them what they are. So we need a, a new perspective. And if, if you've been trying something with a stronghold for years, maybe you need to come to Jesus and say, Okay, well, what's the definition of insanity? Keeping doing the same things and expecting different results. Maybe for you, you need a new perspective. You need to bring someone in. Small decisions we make today determine our tomorrow. I believe that Jesus wants us to walk in freedom. I believe he wants those strongholds demolished so that we can have the abundant life he's promised to us. He has called us to live free. I think that's one of the big reasons he came. God himself put on flesh, walked among us. We celebrated at Christmas. He, lived, he was born in a miraculous way, lived a perfect life, but went to death on a Roman cross, but on the third day rose again. That's the gospel good news, that he offers hope and freedom. He wants freedom for you, for your stronghold. He wants freedom for me from strongholds. And he wants you and me to trust him to bring us through to the breakthrough. That's what I want for your life. That's what I want for my life. He wants that. Imagine, let me just imagine before I pray with us. Imagine this year, us in this room, many of us being able to say, this was the year. This was the year that God, I actually allowed God to let me get the breakthrough here. I allowed God to break this stronghold. Maybe this could be the year that you actually got freedom from that stronghold. Can you imagine how wonderful that is? Maybe this is the year you get free from that stronghold. I believe God wants to bring us through to that. Here's the, here's the idea. The reality is this. God is your strong tower. He's your refuge. And he's here to demolish your strongholds. So I implore each of us to let him. Let him take those down. I want to pray here in a minute. But if you've, if you've been listening to this and you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, I encourage you to let him take those strongholds down in your life. He's already given you the Holy Spirit when you said yes to Jesus. Let him do that this year. If you've never said yes to Jesus, you could do that today. Say, yes, I want that power to, de to demolish strongholds. I want the Holy Spirit in me. That's what happens when you say yes to Jesus. No matter what that decision is for you today, I pray that you would do that.
Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we close uh, recognizing that you have the power to destroy strongholds. Father, we don't always understand this Satan, this deceiver and his minions and this dark web, but God, you have the power over all of that to bring light into dark situations and to bring hope and healing and freedom from every stronghold. Father, I pray that each of us this morning would allow you to bring us through to the breakthrough. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.